Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Check out our blog at DIYMoney.org. That's DIYMoney.org. Now, enjoy this episode. All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Oh. <laughs> I love it. We needed a, We were looking for this organic tagline. We don't need one. We got Daniel doing the DIY Money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, boy. Uh, I don't know how we top uh, Matt Carlett. We don't. Because that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that was really amazing. If you've not listened to that, uh, that started out was you know going to be a, a, a short little interview with a guy doing some doing some Amazon stuff turned into a two part series. Uh, we've been contacted by some indie film companies wanting no not at all. Well, you always introduce these people to me when we're doing interviews. You're like, hey, this guy sells some stuff on Amazon. And Let's interview like, him. And I'm like, boom. <laughs> oh, great! Some guy in his basement with a couple baseball cards, and and then he's you know an entrepreneur making. A lot of money. Yeah, doing DIY doing money style. DIY money style. So that was fun if you've not checked that out. Uh, and that's what we're going to try to bring to the table here. We've got some, I'm working on some fun, fun interviews coming up. I'll wow you with some for sure. We may, I want to be we, wowed. And you know, in, in instance, we may have to travel to do some of these. That's great. And it would be well, well worth it. All right. I, so uh, I don't the, wow easily, I'm though. Sprinkling. I'm sprinkling. Well, unfortunately, some of these folks you won't know. <laughs> The world will, but Danny's like, I don't know who that is. But I mean, I'm not the world. Is what you're that, saying. Well, no, I mean, because you know, we're talking about. I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. Uh, so we're talking about some subject matter today, but we've been in the weeds a little bit. Uh, we have. There's been a lot going on on the business side of things, and uh, so yeah, we've not been around. We had to move. We moved our our business office. Which, if you've ever moved a house or a business, you know it's not just like movers show up and for two hours you're moving. It's like a week of getting things where they need to be and calling utility companies. And in the midst of that, we actually we have a business that we still have to we run. run. Uh, so in the midst of that, so it's not like you just stop doing business for a week. It's like you know when you move your house, you just stop living for a week. Uh, if you will, and, and you move things and you get pizza and you eat out and you do all that. And you're just like, ah, we're just not, you know, we're going to live out of a suitcase for a little while. But when you're running a business, you, s- you still run the business. And at the same time, you move everything and get things settled and in place and, and so forth. So it's it's kind of a, a heavy workload. And so if you've noticed that we weren't uh, kind of on social media or anything over the past week, it's just that, you know, we forgot about that. For on the Insta. On the Insta. So I was uh, I was on a plane <clears throat> recently. I was on many. Holy cow! Uh, and I was telling somebody that it was one of these talkative. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm not sleeping on this one, uh, which was fine. I mean, I, I say that, and I'm okay. I'm usually the talker, as you know. Not when you fly with me. Daniel puts on the you monster. open the book and you're like, whatever. Stop talking to Daniel me. Daniel puts on the monster headphones, which you like, you click a button and it's got soundproof everything. No music. I just piece uh, of yeah. He's not listening to anything. He's just don't talk to me. Uh, but no, I was on, I was on a plane and, and sometimes it, you know, t- talk about what you do and it's all those normal, you know, how are you? What, and sometimes I get creative and make stuff up. I, I really do. It's just fun. I mean, it's, that's all in good fun. I'm not, I'm not, you know, being malicious or anything, but 
Um, but this particular instance, as you know, where you're coming back from, I was visiting clients. What do you do? I'm a financial advisor, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, really? You know, your office in Lexington? Yeah, yeah. Which inevitably led to we moved. Okay. So that's what Daniel was just referring to. Um, and so they said, well, that's, that's fascinating. This is this individual's small business owner himself. And he said, well, I've thought about, you know, buying a, a, a property for the, for the business, but, um, but I don't have, you know, I don't think I could get a loan. And, and I said, I said, well, let me share with you what I have done and knock on wood because it's, we're in the midst of it. Um, it's worked out very well as a small business owner. And so I'm, I want to share a little strategy um, that I have used. And again, I'm in the midst of it. So I, I run the risk. I'm not a big believer of, of luck or, you know, um, what's it, karma. I mean, well, I'm a big believer in karma, but, I'm, but in, in that way where, you, you know, you get cocky and then you get hit upside the head. I'm, I'm, I try to stay definitely modest in that. But th- this particular instance, I, I want to just share a strategy that if you're a small business owner out there, and, and, and the moons kind of have to align, but I want to share with you how, how this is, this is, um, this is transpired for us. So we, we purchased a, uh, single dwelling, uh, commercial property. Uh, this is not, what does a, that mean? Single okay. dwelling commercial property. Yeah. And I think I'm saying that correctly. I, I'm, I might not be single tenant, single dwelling. I, I, I could be saying that incorrectly, but basically this is not a space that is occupied by multiple businesses. So it it is not a suite of condos or a big office building that has, you know, the ten commercial businesses. version of a single family home. That's exactly right. So a lot of times and we've we've favored this. I've favored this in 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 our business this thus far that it may change, but thus far I have favored this and that is to find a a property uh that is that is zoned business professional. And, and you can simply, uh, you know, a, a lot of times you'll know it because there was an existing business there, et cetera. But you, you'll see that over the years, and a lot of times these are older homes that maybe at one point in time served as a doctor's office, a dentist's office, a law, lawyer's office, et cetera. And this is very common in the, in the legal world. Lawyers will do this, accountants, et cetera. Um, and we've done this in, in our business now twice. Um, but, Ultimately, we we found a property, and the property needed a, a lot of work, and so immediately that puts uh, price negotiation on the table. And what I mean by that is that the amount of money you can put into a property to increase its value is always subjective. So you can you know put paint and carpet on, or you can do significant. Uh, remodels, structural improvements, et cetera. I always tend to, to, to sort of, you know, kind of find the happy medium and look for a property that, you know, it doesn't need structural changes. I'm not going to be moving walls or making any dramatic, because then now we're getting into huge expense, but has the ability to, you know, invest in maybe some some paint, uh, new flooring, light fixtures, what have you, and and really change the aesthetics of a property that that's sort of what we we look for so ultimately stumbled upon a property that was very attractive uh needed work and so i immediately started thinking about well how am i going to purchase this property now this is where the caveat comes in and again this is a little unique show a lot of people will do this for 
um, home ownership. And, and again, we can talk about this a, a, another time. And we need to bring Joseph back on here. Um, he, he has some great house hacking techniques, and it's a, it's kind of fun fun subject matter. But ultimately, um, when you're when you're negotiating in, in a in a situation like this, you want to be a buyer. I mean, you want to be you want to have the ability to go in and, and buy quickly. And so a lot of times that's cash. And and so somebody would say, well, okay, you now immediately segregated yourself from a variety of the market because who has the ability to go in and get cash? Well, let's talk about that for a moment because while I may have the cash in an investment portfolio or retirement funds or what have you, I don't necessarily want to liquidate that cash. I don't want to liquidate those investments, especially in a time where the market's been poor, uh, things have been down. I I don't want to be selling into weakness here for my long-term portfolios. But where then am I going to get capital? Well, what have I been building in my home over the years that I have owned my home? I have been building equity. Now, this is, uh, this is a, a, a strategy, and it's, I'm not making a recommendation. I'm just going to share with you what we have done, uh, and this is a strategy that, that people do. And if you're a small business owner or if you're looking to maybe invest into real estate or something along those lines, this is something that uh, you should explore. And so we, uh, fortunately, uh, over the years have, have been blessed to have some success in the business and so uh, don't have a mortgage, but have opened a home equity line of credit to have that equity at our disposal. If there was an emergency, something was, um, you know, happened, we needed to have access to cash immediately without selling investments, et cetera. Now that presents the first step. The first step is having that home equity line uh, available or that HELOC, H-E-L-O-C, home equity line of credit available. Now, it's a myth that, uh, you know, opening one of these is going to cost a lot of money, et cetera. No, uh, more often than not, there's no cost to opening them. We use a, a local credit union uh, so that I don't even think there was any cost at all to open. I think we had to open a checking account as well for like 50 bucks or something like that. Uh, but opening that does not mean that you're incurring interest charges, you're borrowing money, et cetera. You're just opening the credit line so you have access to that equity. Now, the amount of equity you can have access to is going to vary by how much you have in your in your property. Uh, they're not going to give you the full extent of that equity, et cetera, et cetera. So ultimately, um, without having a mortgage, we were able to open a pretty decent size equity line. Uh, That gave me the buying power, the quote cash buying power, to be able to step into a property and make an aggressive offer, but an offer that was not contingent upon financing. That is a big deal. Uh, This is the second time we've done this, and this has allowed us to purchase a property at a relatively reasonable below market price. Why? Because the seller doesn't have to wait for me to go to a bank, get an appraisal, go through the process, etc. Now, what does that open me up for risk? Well, it opens me up for a risk of making sure that I do the due diligence, that I don't have a bank mandating that the due diligence is done before they loan me the money, but I have to do the due diligence. So I make the offer. The offer is made with a significant amount of contingencies. Contingencies being, look, I've got to have time to uh, to to assess the the building. I realize it will be often made as an as-is purchase. So you're not going to come in and say, especially in the commercial world, well, I'm going to buy this, but you need to put a new roof on it. No, they're saying, look, the building is as-is. 
But I want the contingencies in place because I want to be able to back away from the deal if I find something that doesn't pass my uh, due diligence sort of methodology. And for me, in this particular instance, it's structural. All comes down to structural. And what I mean by that is uh, roofing issues, uh, leaking, uh, plumbing, electricity, uh, carpet, you know, wood flooring, baseboards, paint, you know, all of those things can be handled uh, through a cosmetic sort of transition process, a little, little sweat equity, you know, to go in there and, and to, to change those things. But very difficult if you have foundational or structural issues in a property. So the first thing that we did was hire a structural engineer, money well spent to have somebody go in and, and to give an assessment of, of that building. They did that. Once they did that, allowed me to feel confident to move forward with the purchase. Once the purchase was done and the property was owned, the renovations had to be made. Now, again, where's the money come from? Well, what we calculated was to make sure that we had enough left over in the equity line to be able to make the renovations to get the building where we wanted it to be, presentable for our business. So the purchase price plus the renovations had to be estimated well in advance of ever moving forward. So fast forward, what, six months. Building purchased, renovations made, moved in. Now, this is where it becomes a, a little tricky in, in the process that I'm in right now. Now I have committed that home equity line of credit to purchasing that property, renovating that property, and moving the business into that property. Now I want to return that equity back to my primary house and put the debt onto the property. Why do I want to do that? I don't want to allow my home to be encumbered by this building. I want the building to be encumbered or or held uh, as as collateral for uh, itself, right? I don't want another piece of property, my primary residence, to to uh, be collateral for this. So once the property is is renovated, rented uh, to to your business or whomever, if if you're going down this route as just a pure investor. The next call is back to the bank, the credit union, wherever you want to go and say, look, I want to go ahead and I want to look at doing a cash out refi of the property that I have to put it on its own note. So what does that mean? Well, unlike getting a mortgage to purchase a property, you already own the property. So you are looking to do a note or a mortgage and take that cash. Now, what are you going to do with that cash? Well, you're going to pay off the existing home equity line of credit that you have gotten, as well as the renovations that you have made. That is your goal. Your goal is to get enough money out in order to pay that off so that it goes on its own note and it is paid for then by the tenant, whoever that tenant happens to be. Now, this is exactly whether it's commercial or you know residential or whatever the, may, the case may be. This is exactly what many investors do in the real estate market to move into properties aggressively. So if you are an investor or you're looking at you know pure home ownership and you keep getting beaten out by deals because you are in the financing world and you have to get your mortgage and somebody came with cash, you know, a cash buyer and you're frustrated, etc. A lot of times that cash is not cash that they're getting in their bank account, but cash that they're getting equity from some other place. And if you're in that situation where you have the luxury of finding that equity in another place, 
that is something to consider. So I just wanted to take, I know it's a deviation or a derivation from what we to, you know normally talk about on this podcast, but it's something that we've just gone through. I'm in the process of that. I will keep you posted where I am right now is I'm in the process of having that building now appraised now that it's renovated and rented and done. I'm having that building appraised so that I can proceed with the cash out refi in order to pay that money back. That's the step that I'm in right now, and I'll keep you posted as we go forward with how it unfolds. Daniel, what what did I miss, or is there anything else I need to add there? No, I think that pretty much covers it. Probably not a topic that uh, applies to the wide swath, but a good update uh, on where we've been um, as we've been a little bit quiet, uh, what's going on behind the scenes, and you know how uh, you can sort of arrange some DIY money moves within even something like that and scale that even to your personal life. So uh, that said, we got the move out of the way, and we're working on that content calendar to bring you some pretty exciting podcasts here in the uh, next couple of weeks as we dive back into uh, some things around personal finance. I think we're going to take a look at some big money decisions, how to know you're ready for those uh, in coming episodes. Uh, we're still working on a lineup of uh, quite a few episodes on housing. Uh, we've gotten a lot of questions on that via uh, Instagram and social, uh, how to know you're ready for a house, how to buy a house, etc. Kind of a little bit of what we talked about today, but on steroids. And so that's probably going to be a, a three to four part series uh, on home buying. So so stay tuned for that. And then we got a lot of other miscellaneous topics coming down the pike. I love it. All right, my friend, uh, let's wrap it up. Remember, the secret to wealth is not complicated. Live on less than you make, invest the rest, and do so for a very long time. Make it a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to check out all that we have on the blog, DIYmoney.org. And if you haven't already, leave a review so your friends know that this is a show worth listening to.